6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. We know that we've often heard um, uh, from folks who have had near-death experiences that they see bright lights or maybe memories flash before their eyes or they have this feeling of peacefulness. There, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence uh, from these people, but scientists have little to no data on what happens in the brain as people transition into death. But now, for the first time, scientists have been able to collect what's called the first continuous data on the neural dynamics of the brain during death. What exactly does that mean and what does it show? Let's find out with Dr. Ajmal Zamar, who is a neurosurgeon at the University of Louisville, Kentucky, who has been working on this. Dr. Zamar, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Did I read, did I see that you have done some work in Canada? You've been working with other Canadian researchers as well? That is correct, yes. So the case was actually in Vancouver. Uh, it was at Vancouver General Hospital in 2016. This was a time when I was working there. Um, there was uh, several uh, researchers from the University of Toronto who were involved in this work as well. So Canada is a very important part of this project. Oh, wow. Okay, so tell me about, so this patient was in, uh, it was in Vancouver, uh, but as you've said before, and it's been stated, that you haven't been able to, to monitor um, what was happening in the brain as someone was, as, was dying in those, in those final moments or seconds even. So how did it happen this time? That's right. I mean, people have tried this. There was never a continuous recording with an EEG the way we did it, and this was totally by accident. Um, we uh, had a patient who had a brain bleed, to be more specific, a bleed between the skull and the brain. He came with that. We operated, and uh, the patient initially did fairly well. Three days after the surgery, he developed seizures, for which we went ahead and attached the EEG to the patient's brain. And um, during this EEG recording that measures brain activity to determine where the seizures come from so we can help the patient with it, during this, unfortunately, the patient suffered a cardiac arrest and died. That left us with the first continuous recording of the dying human brain. And, and what, what did it show, doctor? Uh, something quite astonishing. So we know in healthy human beings, uh, who have experiences that are consistently described by near-death um, survivors, namely uh, out-of-body experiences, memory flashbacks, uh, dreaming state, um, meditative states. These are these experiences when you have been done with healthy humans, where they were, they have had EEGs attached on their head and while they were, for example, seeing pictures of their loved ones, memories of memorable moments of, of, in life, uh, while, while they were meditating, while they were dreaming, when these signals were recorded, a certain pattern of brain waves are known to happen in the brain of healthy humans. Also, in studies with uh, rats, this has been shown to occur when rats undergo cardiac arrest um, just around the time of death. These waves are present. So this is the first time we've seen a human that similar wave patterns are present huh. when the human is around the time of death. And surprisingly so, after a heart stops pumping blood into the brain for a matter of about 30 seconds, we see that these wave patterns continue.
so what do you think that that tells us that that we are seeing those you know almost this soundtrack or this video track of our life going before our our eyes and and, and I'm a bit of a sap here doctor because that kind of that gets me all warm and fuzzy and choked up <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, I think, you know, um, there have been reports before that, that were measuring these things in less accurate ways than we did, but there have been reports before that were showing that these waves are possibly present in the brain. We probably have the most direct recording of the dying human brain. I have to be cautious when making big statements. It is mm. just one case. Yeah. But... Uh, and also the cases of a patient who has had brain bleeds, seizures, swelling. But from all the evidence we can see, there are scientists from Toronto who have looked at this with different ways. There are scientists who have looked at this in um, healthy human beings. There's evidence from rats. All of it together is more or less in line with what we see in, in, in our recording of the dying human brain, namely it is quite possible that you have that we have a flashback of memories of life so you know in the last seconds of life before we die mm -hmm. uh, memories flashing in the span of seconds in front of our eyes um, that is something we're speculating we need however more data and more cases to solidify the speculation. Yeah, and, and, and speculating um, certainly has led to a lot of conversation, hasn't it? I mean, this has got people talking all around the world. That is true. We were surprised we've had the coverage on the BBC News World uh, Channel last Wednesday when this came out. We have had Forbes magazine, The Guardian, we have had USA Today, CBS, there was many, many news outlets that approached us. I think it is great to see for the, 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 the science of death is a completely unexplored field. There's a few scientists, very respected scientists who are working on this, and we are all making very little progress. I think it is great for the field, it is great to see that society has such interest in this, our job as a scientist is to conduct science for the advancement of society, for the comfort of our patients. For us, this is amazing that, you know, the interest is so high and oh, it motivates us to continue working on this. Do you, do you think that part of the interest is because, you, as you said, the science of dying is, you know, there's still a lot to learn there. But from a, a human everyday perspective, for my listeners tuning in right now to this conversation, that I think that a lot of people are obviously scared of death. And so the yes. idea of this is something that can be comforting. This is my hope. I think, you know, we have all sorts of signs in the world, important signs. There are diseases that affect us, but luckily not all of us. Not every disease affects every human being. Death is something, just like birth, that affects all of us. We lose loved ones during life. One day, we all go. This is the nature of life. Um, so everybody's interested in knowing what happens. I think we all fear death, like you say. It is a negative thing. So if we shed light onto this, and if my research is confirmed, and my research research of others is confirmed, and we can say, just before you die, you have one of the nicest memories of life replaying in your head. It doesn't sound all that bad. It may make this very difficult 
time to say goodbye a little bit easier. Nevertheless, it's very tough, very hard. I never easy, no matter how long I've been doing this work, when you have sometimes patients and their loved ones, when you have to be the bearer of bad news, I hope that with the signs we can contribute to make this incredibly difficult time of death a little bit more comforting. So, Dr. Zamar, when we talk about the time of death, have you been able to pinpoint that? Because I'm wondering, if, you know, is it when the heart stops beating, when the brain waves stop, do they time up? That is a very good question. And I think in a traditional sense, we grow up with the notion that when the heart stops, we die. When we look at movies, it's that famous uh, heart activity wave that has a flat curve that happens is equal to the sign that we die. Now, our research shows that for about 30 seconds after that, the brain keeps going. What does the brain do? We're not sure, but these waves are quite similar to those of the replay of memory that happen in healthy humans. I've had a report from a colleague in Italy who reached out to me after this was featured in the World News, who said to me that they have recorded from monkeys and the brain signals would go for two hours after the heart stopped beating. So this is very surprising. Um, I think it is certainly worth uh, to open the discussion at least to say, should we conduct a trial where the EEG monitors the brain activity and the EKG monitors the heart activity so that we can really determine which of these two is the one that determines when we die. Before I let you go, you've talked about, obviously, you know, the challenges around the science uh, of death, you know, for obvious reasons. So how do you continue this? How do you continue to expand on it? Where, where does this go from here? Well, I think I don't want to leave society with a one-case report. That mm-hmm. would be uh, a shame. I, I've, we've waited six years hoping we would get another case. I've... The study had been ready a, a long time ago. I was very uncomfortable going out with it with a case of one. After years and years of waiting, we decided to go out because there simply wasn't any other report that was very that was similar to our recording, to the way we did it. Um, so we decided to go out. I feel obliged, our team feels obliged, that we can't stop here. So we already have started to look into ways of uh, recruiting, including more patients, Uh, to continue to study, hopefully get more cases. The difficulty is apparent. If you are in the last moments of life with your loved ones, it is sometimes difficult for patients to say and agree to be involved in an experiment, in a science study, where an EEG is hooked up to your brain. It is painless, but still it is not Mm -hmm. allowing you the privacy that you would want in the last moments of life. It is the thing that makes it very difficult is we can't predict the timing of death. Mm-hmm. So if we knew that death comes in 20 minutes, we would attach the EEG to the brain and record the activity. We don't know when death comes. Mm-hmm. This is what makes these cases so difficult to um, observe and to, so difficult to um, capture and measure because it could well be that the EEG has to be on the brain for two weeks. So this is what really, really puts out the challenge, but we are 
in conversation with the tech companies, we're in conversation here with uh, uh, the local university in Louisville to start a larger trial, perhaps a multi-center trial with different centers in the United States and Canada to see if we can unravel the mystery around death. Dr. Zamar, fascinating, fascinating stuff. Thank you so much for uh, shedding some light on it for us this afternoon, and I look forward to seeing uh, what happens next. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much for having me. Have a wonderful evening. Yeah, you too, Dr. Ajmal Zamar, and you can read uh, uh, all about his work. There's, there's just been so many papers done and articles done on it recently. Again, fascinating stuff. What, uh, what happens? in the brain, in those dying moments.